You are listening to the Giggles Live Radio Network. Listening to the Giggles Live Radio Network. Listening to Portland Stuff on the Giggles Live Radio Network. Episode 3 of Portland Stuff, and what looks like it's going to be a very busy July here at the beautiful Port Wainimi. Port of Wainimi. The Port of Wainimi. Yeah. That's it. City is Port Wainimi. It's a city. Port yeah. of Wainimi is where we accept goods and services. Correct. The port of Wainimi is not the city of Port Wainimi. That's right. But the port of Wainimi is in the city of Port Wainimi. And we accept more goods than services. It's kind of hard to accept services through the port of Wainimi. Yes, a lot of goods and a lot of <laughs> unique stuff coming through, for sure. I saw the, the one of the big car ships. We missed it by, by about a couple hours. We went and looked on one of those. I'm going to have to get the good websites from you as far as how to yeah. track which ships are coming and going. Yeah. But I saw that one of the big uh, car boats with all the cars was coming or going. We just missed it by a little bit. We're yeah, and, and for the listeners, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, I mentioned the time ago, hey, what, maybe three months ago, hey, you know, there's this ship called the La Janelle, and it came to rest on the uh, Silver Strand Beach. And he's all, what, really? There is? I'm going to take my kid out there, my kids. And, and so anyways, you, you all went out there, and you've been learning and seeing, and you're watching ships come in. And then, um, so it's kind of like an educational thing we're going through together. We're both learning. You're teaching me things. I'm learning things. And, um, you know, we, uh, I send you videos of ships coming in <laughs> and going out. And we had a lot of weird timing on stuff, too, because he was really into the Titanic and the submersibles that were going down to yeah. study that. And then we had the big incident last week where the yeah. Titan went down. Yeah. And I think I might have said, I don't know if I said it on a podcast or it was, but... The Titan was the name of a book that was written yeah. that kind of yeah it was a book yeah um, it's called the Loss of the Titan I think it was written it was really popular back in the day um, like eighteen hundreds yeah like late eighteen hundreds like eighteen seventy two or something yeah. and it basically yeah. foreshadowed the yeah. Titanic it's kind of yeah. kind of odd well what's really crazy about you know my career path is risk management and um there's a company called the lloyds lloyds of london and uh, lloyds is a cafe in london which oversaw the harbor and um ships would come and go and come and go and of course this is 600 years ago right and they didn't have gps you had to you know navigate by the stars and so captains would come to this um coffee shop to um gain information like, hey, how'd it go? Where'd you come from? And and they would exchange information and most um, importantly, safety information. And so these guys that had a lot of money were sitting around and they noticed that ships would come and go, come and go. And every now and then a ship wouldn't, wouldn't come back and all would be lost or the cargo would be lost. And so they decided that, hey, if we charge every ship a little bit of money, then we could insure their voyage. And the concept of insurance was born. Hmm. And... Um, 
today, Lloyd's of London is still a marketplace for insurance products. And um, so these men, when they decided they started selling insurance for cargo and vessels, then they came up with this concept of risk management. It's like, well, wait a minute. That guy looks a little reckless. He's Mm -hmm. not a good risk. And so then they started to formulate a way to determine what's a good risk. And here we are 600 years later and, you know, risk management and vessel management, tank management, all these things is all centered around the risk management concept. So Lloyd of London, London's was started at a, like a bagel cafe. It was, it was a breakfast shop. So crazy. It is. How amazing. (laughs) It was called Lloyd's. Yeah. (laughs) So, and you know, you hear about Lloyd's of London is, is involved in uh, professional athletic insurance products, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's kind of crazy. So your interest that I'm observing is like well-documented over the ages. Like people are attracted to the water and to the voyage and to the mystery and to the um, risk. There's a lot of risk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so we're we're learning together. And, of course, um, the company I work for has a vessel en route to Port of Wainimi right now. And we're looking at the uh, the Port of Wainimi vessel schedule and... Where's our uh, style victory is due to come in on July 11th. Yeah. And this ship is full of... Uh, fertilizer. Manure, right? No, liquid. No, fertilizer. <laughs> no, it's different. F- f- fertilizer is different from manure, huh? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad that you're painting a different picture for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, why do they have to go all the, way, all the way out there to get that? I know, they make it in Norway. So it's a liquid fertilizer. It's a liquid fertilizer, yeah. Oh, interesting. And so interesting, you'll, you'll enjoy this. I think I told you this, but the last ship that we had um, came a couple weeks ago, maybe. And um, it, it was late two days. We were talking about how the schedule is kind of like a, a guesstimate, you know. Mm-hmm. But our ship was late for two days. Guess why it was late? It's got its anchor stuck in the Panama Canal. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, its anchor somehow got stuck. And it, you know. That canal has some narrow points. It's yeah. very narrow. Um, it's, yeah, we have to take a look at that. But our vessel, um, I think right now, is, is coming through the Panama Canal. Well, we're looking for that to arrive. What day was it, the 11th? Yeah, said? July 11th. And hopefully its anchor won't get stuck. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't get stuck on our way down. One of the things we wanted to talk about on uh, is like the responsibilities that 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 the captains have out on the sea. Responsibilities of really the, this port has a lot of responsibilities, making sure things are ready, make yeah. sure that you know, make sure that it's a safe place for the ships to come in and everything. And um, last week we talked about the Bahama Star and Captain Carl Brown and how he took his responsibility as a captain very seriously. The the you know, all of the vacationers going to their next port and having fun all went to the wayside when he saw another ship on fire, right? Yep. So we look back at the Titanic because it's the big story going on right now. And there were two ships within close proximity that handled the situation completely different. Right. And one of the ships ended up in a lot of problems, and that was the the Californian. Yeah. Um, the Californian, when the Titanic was... Um, when the Titanic was sinking, you know, um, they're setting off rockets, you know, but the California, actually, no, I'll start from the beginning. So, um, they were like warning them of icebergs. The California, the people commu- in the communication room 
They were warning him of icebergs, telling him, hey, you should probably anchor for the night. And then they're, like, getting mad at the California, like, like we know there's icebergs. And then, but the last message they sent, because they sent a really strong signal since they were obviously worried about them for good reason, too. But um, um, after the strong signal, he said, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> oh, no. up, yeah, the Titanic know. crew, the Titanic, because he was getting yeah. Because I guess their main job at those the guys that were doing the messaging was right. to transfer messages to the it, it was it was very little to do with the captain like that was just yeah. part of their job but their whole thing was communication between the different you know rooms and you know the, that was their communication wow and so they'd get these communications and they found them bothersome like hey dude we're trying to we're trying get to... these messages all sent out we're trying to make sure everybody gets to dinner on time and everything they you know? know there's icebergs okay <laughs> yeah well and it goes yeah. back to that risk management thing yeah okay what are you going to do if there's icebergs you're going to go full steam ahead yeah that titanic learned <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. well that was the thing is he he was getting the pressure that's a risk management thing yeah he was getting the pressure from the creator of the ship going man won't we all look like heroes if we get there a day early and uh captain thought that you know or, or he felt the pressure at least to even in pirates of caribbean remember that commodore <laughs> yeah <laughs> he'll yeah. be the commodore right um, yeah hey what's what's insane is that oh i just want to make this connection to the titan real quick um guess what the titanic they're like saying she's like an innovation she's like a good ship you know yeah. unsinkable unsinkable, yeah, unsinkable yeah. stuff impossible um, yeah like she's She's great. The Titan submarine, they said that she is like an innovation because they use like, um, they didn't spend too much money, but they still believe she'd work. And, um, <laughs> so, yeah. so you see, you see similarities in their miscalculation. Yeah. yeah. They like said that she was like kind of top of her line since, um, she had like a private toilet that you can, uh, it's, not <laughs> really, it's obviously not really private. Um, you just lower a curtain. It's a bucket. It's a yeah. toilet. Come on. I mean, at least you can lower a curtain, though. I <laughs> That's I what think... qualified it as being innovational. You can lower a curtain. Oh, not that. It's all... I guess it's also because they use like kind of cheap materials, and they thought, um, and that's you, why I said she was. Oh. You're exactly right, and um, there. I, there's this uh, concept in risk management called crew resource management. And what it means is, is to make sure the entire crew, everybody that's in charge of the operational function, make sure they have access to all available information. Mm -hmm. And you could clearly see they were kind of chair picking their in information to convince themselves that, Hey, this is safe. This is yeah. great. Right. So the, the, the way that crew resource management came about was, there was an airplane flying into Portland, and um, a commercial airline, and it lowered its landing gear, and they heard this thunk, boom, bang, and they heard all this noise. It was at, at night. It was dark, and the indicator light didn't come on saying that the landing gear is secure and in place. So the captain was like, okay, they aborted the landing, and they're circling um, Portland, mm -hmm. and um, they're focused on trying to fix this landing gear problem, mm -hmm. and the captain was so strong, and so captain says everything, right? And... Um, Bottom line is, uh, they ran out of gas, oh, and they no. they crashed and died with the landing gear down. Wow. With and the landing gear was fine. The indicator light was what was wrong. All because of broken light. Oh, right, but God. the point of the matter is, is like when you're in trouble, when you're in a situation, you got to open your mind and make sure all available information is being uh, reviewed and accessed because clearly 
when you're running out of gas, you're running out of gas, but they were so focused on the landing gear, mm-hmm. they forgot to monitor their gas. And so that, that's a really big uh, step in the risk management world of like, you know, crew resource management, make sure you're utilizing all available information and making sure the crew all knows what their responsibilities are and right. what information is yeah. important. Yeah. Like, yeah. like icebergs, right? I think yeah. it was kind of important. I think one of the things I wanted to point out too, I think the biggest difference between the Titanic and the Titan is I think everybody in the world believed the Titanic was unsinkable. Everyone, I think everybody yeah. believed that at that time. Yeah. I think with the Titan, most I people. I believed it right at the start of the movie. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unsinkable, man. No way. Because they explained, right? Very convincing. Yeah. Well, what was it? The docks or something? They have yeah. compartments or? Yeah, they have um, wartight compartments, bulkheads. Um, yeah. yeah, and if three was it if three of them were breached, then she would have wouldn't yeah, have sank. But well, but because of the way he turned or something. No, um, well if the if they hit it head on, it wouldn't have. <coughs> if they hit it head on, then it would have sunk because the bulkheads would have still held up. But um, the war, um, what happened with the Titanic was that um, the watertight compartments um, flooded um, one over another because they weren't all the way to the top. Oh. Uh, and yeah, that's and she was taking on water, and she starts sinking. And and again, after the fact, pretty obvious that it could sink. Yeah, yeah, right. Pretty obvious, mm-hmm. but you know they're trying to. Yeah, that that's, that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, um, I think that was just early. Like that was early form marketing. Like you, yeah. like when now when you see something in the newspaper, you hardly ever believe it. Yeah, like you, unless it's something happened yesterday at this time this person with, named with this and, and there's yeah there's enough there's enough evidence you can go okay i can trust this but if you see a newspaper headline that says the unsinkable ship takes its maiden voyage today you're going to believe that because in those days the newspaper was fairly yeah, and, then, and also look at the history before titanic and i think um when was queen mary built was it um, before uh 1936 after after yeah, Titanic was built in 1912 and sunk in 1912. Wow. Her main voyage. But there was what was it? The Olympic that was was yeah, around she, before. She, uh, yeah, she was built in 1911. The Olympic was like an exact replica, pretty much. Hmm. Uh, but the Olympic, that's a, what I always found fascinating. The Olympic was already in motion when the Titanic took its maiden voyage, right? Um, maiden voyage, yeah. Um, okay. She was. She actually was so, coming back from New York. Isn't it strange? The biggest, strongest, unsinkable yeah. ship ever, but it had a twin well, ship that I, was I, already on the sea. Yeah, and I just had another thought because we just finished this major repair of our metal tank, which involved oh, yeah. a lot of welding, right? So in 1911, when they're constructing the Titanic, what kind of welding? How did they do welding? Oh, right. They didn't weld. They used rivets. They used rivets. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and when did welding? Because nowadays everything is welded together, but rivets—that's how they put the ships together. Uh, yeah, if you go on the Queen Mary, you can see all her ten million rivets. Ten million rivets on yeah. the Queen Mary. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how. That's what holds her together. Now, would they, when they riveted something together, a steel rivet, they would heat the rivet and knock it into place or something? Oh, or? I don't know. It's weird because the the piece of the Lodgenelle that I have. Um, yeah. Has the rivets? Yeah, the rivets. He was looking at that picture today. So, hey, we'll yeah. go. I'll take it over to my house and I'll show you. After. <laughs> nice. Um, that's what. Yeah, um, she's held together. Each one's probably like about I don't know, maybe an inch. Half dollar. Yeah, so I think they do. They do have to heat the steel rivets 
I see. I'm come from a sheet metal background, but we did aluminum. Aluminum rivets. Yeah, you just yeah. boom, 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 boom. You just went. You had some that. But it makes sense though because frozen. I'm sitting here thinking like, well, wait a minute. How did they do welding? Because I was watching. It. Welding is fascinating. First of all, you mm-hmm. ever get a chance to really, really understand like it, you're taking a solid piece of steel, you turn it into liquid, and then 45 minutes later, it's cooled and it's as strong as an extruded piece of steel. So. Riveting together means there's like a, a seam, right? I mean, yeah, there's like a hole, and I think you put them in. There's like two, a male and female rivet. There's oh. a lot of math involved in yeah. riveting. That's that's the truth because I that's what I mean. I did yeah. a lot of riveting panels, and you you know depending on the size of the rivet, the thickness of the metal, yeah. and the you you yeah. it really you know everything has to be within certain, especially on aircraft. A certain yeah. distance yeah. of each other. Yeah. It, it's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of math involved with riveting. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I think uh, for for some rivets, I'm sure there's people who know this, but um, they um, have like one part that's like that like goes over another part of the rivet. You know, there's like a front and back. Oh, the bucking bar. Yeah. Well, yeah. You um, you hit it in, and they're connected. Yeah, I remember seeing like sledgehammers and hot, yeah. hot yeah. metal, and bam, and you hit it. Just kind of like sword making. But yeah, it's fascinating because, you know, welding is, is at some point became the method for building a ship. After yeah. you went from, and then at some point it went from wood to steel, right? Yeah. Because. Yeah. yeah, I think it, I think it ended up, I think first it was, um, I think first it was wood, obviously. Then I think they, then they started like painting the wood, of course. And then I think eventually it was like ironclad. And then they decided to just start making them out of steel. So ironclad meant that you're combining wood and iron yeah. together to make it más yeah. fuerte. Yeah, you put, <laughs> yeah you put the you put the iron plating on the ship, some hole, um, and that makes it stronger. Yeah, not strong as being steel, of course, but. So strong. <laughs> so funny too. I'm fascinated because you go down to to the Channel Islands Harbor or the Ventura Harbor, and you look at the the boats in dry storage. Oh yeah. And then you look at some of them and go like, "Dang, that one looks really old." Yeah. <laughs> and it's wood, and it's fiberglass and wood. Um, so pleasure craft is a whole other dimension because at some point it came to fiberglass. Oh yeah. Right. You don't never you just see stamp it. them out. Stamp yeah, them out. Yeah, yeah. There's not a, a steel ski boat, you know, made out of steel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was telling them about that, about how the fiberglass and yeah. all that stuff yeah. started to come into play. Yeah. And they could just they have a mold and just boom, they just stamp them out. Yeah. What which uh, which boat did we see? He he spotted a boat when we were driving to Wainimi a couple of days ago. Which spot, yeah. boat did you see in the dry dock? Um, I saw the CJ. The, the one CJ. That, yeah. Um, I think it was. That's the one that. Yeah, a few weeks ago. Um, oh, that's sunk. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, off the Channel Islands. Yeah, everyone survived, luckily, but oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So pretty crazy to see. She um, looked good, huh? They're getting yeah. all fixed up. Yeah, she, she looks like she's about, she's almost ready to go out, back out there. Yeah, I remember the um, the one that caught fire. Oh, yeah. That, up by that, one, that one was brought in as well. Um, and they, they kept it on the more secure side of the Navy base. But because it was evidence and obviously, um, yeah, really, terribly tragic. Yeah. Yeah. You'd get a lot of people showing up to see it. Yeah. Bet, yeah. And, uh, I think the issue was they had too many cell phones plugged into a, 
And, and that's something I learned about electric safe, electrical safety. It's like when you start like putting a, what's it called, a power strip, in the schools, public, public arena, uh, when computers and TVs were coming into classrooms, mm-hmm. um, it was a real problem because the classrooms were built in the 60s, and they had like eight outlets, and one was for a projector, mm-hmm. one was maybe for additional light or a microscope, you know. Mm-hmm. They never envisioned the needs of a classroom for computers, for internet, for all this. And so when computer labs are first being created, they're using um, um, power yeah. strips. Power strips, yeah. Uh, daisy chained together. Mm-hmm. And so you still only have that outlet, which was designed in 1960 to power, you know, a, a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you have classrooms trying to power you know, 20 or 30 computers. And, and that, that creates a real fire hazard. And that's kind of what happened, I think, on that ship, that boat, is that they had all their cell phones plugged in and, and it didn't have the capacity. And then when you're pulling more power than the line's designed to process, it heats up. Yeah. And then yeah. heat, oxygen, fuel, fire. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's felt the when you have your phone char- plugged in too yeah. long and you start to you pull the plug out of it and it's real warm like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. dangerous if you. Wow. But yeah. it's so crazy because um, look how much it takes to move a ship these days. Yeah. I mean, so much electronics and yeah, metal. Yeah. Welding, that is true. You know, it's all, but it's still in some ways it's still so similar to the way it used to be because oh, you're yeah. still it's still. Yeah captain against the big old ocean yeah and if he's a responsible person yeah he's with the ship the entire time (laughs) not gonna give up the ship or she are there very many female captains now i mean women are moving into a lot of industries i wonder that you know i'll tell you we just completed this big project and the the lead welder the most um experienced professional welder was a woman Oh, and she was amongst a crew of men um and uh, she was amazing to watch. Like, but yeah, they um, welding is highly specialized, very complicated, very technical. Yeah, not only very the, dangerous, very dangerous. Not only on the math side, but also on the composition side. I believe the underwater welding That's for a, many years was considered the most dangerous career field. Probably is. I would have to say, but um, it's really weird because welding leads are these little round pieces of metal that you use and that's what you melt to bring two slabs mm-hmm. of iron together or steel. It's like a glue. You're making a glue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so depending on what stainless steel, aluminum, steel, carbide, I mean, there's all these different and everyone has a different lead. And then in our case, um, our tank was constructed like 17 years ago and there was a little defect and it took 17 years for that defect to create a hole through half an inch of steel. Wow. And so, you know, it's like Shawshank Redemption, remember? Like, it only took him 19 years to dig his yeah, yeah, yeah. escape route out. Yeah, so it's really... So when you think about a ship, I mean, just think about it. Like, the modern-day aircraft carrier, all the welding, and they build it in sections, I believe, and then they bring it together, and they oh, weld the, yeah. each, each section together. But, but, but And then... Con, Trash that with the old days of doing riveting. That's what always fascinates me is when you see a really big craft from the the really old days where they didn't have the technology. They didn't right. have the, yeah. you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna call so and so and have them send us this piece because we have that we have that um, 
I mean, even when I worked in Hawaii in the 90s, it was there were things that we could do. And they're like, no, this isn't efficient. We're just going to order the parts and keep the plane grounded till the parts get here rather than having us build the parts because we were we were really skilled mechanics you know we did that we did sheet metal yeah so but now it's it's it has it's gotten a little bit easier but i'm always fascinated by back then and they just everything had to be a i don't know if it was a guess or what but I guess you. I guess people were still smart back then. They just didn't have the technology. I'm all thinking they're all dummies. I would almost, I would almost argue they might have been a little smarter. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like building the California Aqueduct. The, you know, the guys out there with a pencil and a mm-hmm. pad of paper surveying all the way up to Fresno and right. Delta, right? You know. Yeah. And then they nailed it because it's still operational today. Yeah, we're but still yeah. taking their water. Yeah. <laughs> we're still fighting over the water let's build another one <laughs> yeah but when it you know back to ships and boats so I, I learned this um how do you tell the difference between a ship and a boat um a boat fits on a ship there you go huh. so at the port of Wainimi, you'll see oftentimes that big car ship you think is a car ship mm. it'll have a yacht on top and then oh. they'll pick it off with a crane that's cool. And put it for, I think, do they put it in the Most often they put it on a trailer and then it gets trailered out. But sometimes they'll put it on the dock and then into the water. Oh, wow. Yeah. One time they were trying to do that and a, the crane tipped over and the boat broke in half. It was like a $4 million yacht. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, there's endless yeah. videos of that kind of stuff on YouTube. Yeah. It, yeah. It, if you watch YouTube long enough, you'll think that more boats don't make it in the water than actually <laughs> do. There's so many of them get all crushed going in. <laughs> yeah. Apparently that's a big challenging part of the building oh, yeah. a boat process is getting it from dry dock into the water. And you yeah. see some of those when they go on repairs sometimes, they'll, they'll run it up on, on ground on these big balloons that roll oh yeah i remember that yeah and then they do the opposite too when they build a boat then they and it rolls into the water and they use the air like uh they move the air to make it to where the boat knows where to go too like they they release a little bit of air from it's a very strange process balloons and wheels like wheels are the most amazing thing because i i watch all the heavy stuff coming out oops sorry that's pretty loud (laughs) This is supposed to be our little warning. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, but the uh, wheels, wheels and balloons are like really important Mm -hmm. to shipping, transferring and moving things around. Wheels and balloons. Wheels and balloons. So funny. Back to the Californian. Uh, (laughs) That's what um, the California, they saw the rockets. They didn't, um, but they didn't help them. Um, They didn't go over there and rescue them. The captain was asleep, I think. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, and the... um, and I remember the. Uh, a lot of the Titanic survivors yeah. say that they could see. Yeah. They knew that the it California. They could see the California. Yeah. And that was was that the big schooner um, sailboat? Oh, she's not a sailboat. She no. was a steamship. She was a steamship. The California. Why was it named the California? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> From California, knows how to party. Does Does California not help out ships in trouble? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we'll get more. We'll we, have to dig into yeah. that one, right? Yeah, we'll, the, we'll get more into the Californian and the the ship yeah. where the captain actually took his responsibilities seriously mm-hmm. and ended up becoming yeah. kind of a hero. Oh, well, the Californian, um, when they were tried, they actually they actually said that they thought that they're just partying and that the rockets weren't. Um, yeah. That, the, that they were just shooting yeah. off fireworks. That they were just shooting off fireworks <laughs> to have party and be happy. 
And when they didn't see the ship the next morning, they just thought she left. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Very suspicious. No yeah. cell phones there, right? <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, thank you for another great episode of Port and Stuff. And remember, beach cleanup. Let's beach get that cleanup in there. every okay. Saturday at the Alaska 261 Memorial. We have two start times, 7.30 and 8.30 a.m. is the official start time. But we, we like to get an early start. So we're always out there set up, buckets, sticks. And uh, we just... Focus on taking care of Wainimi Beach and Norman Beach, keeping it clearing of trash. Every little bit matters. We need an 1130 start time for the planes. <laughs> that was, that's a hard time for us. No, we are going to start getting up earlier. If it wasn't on the other end of Giggles, I'm 100% sure we would have been there this Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know, when it, we talk about this a lot, and today we got into the ships, but it is all about taking care of the ocean, the environment. The Port of Wainimi is a greedance port in America. They really, really champion taking care of the environment, and they hold you know, the tenants and the participants that come in and out of the port to that standard. And then, and there we are, we're on the beach picking up trash, making sure uh, it's presentable for everybody. And I just hope that we could keep taking care of our environment. It's so beautiful. And you guys are doing a, a great job and you're doing a great job helping Fine. to show people the right way to make sure that the beaches do stay clean because it takes that effort, that constant effort. It's not a, every once in a while we got to go clean it up. Yeah. It has to be a constant effort. Yeah. And it's wellness. And when it comes yeah. to ships and building and it's all about wellness, t- yeah. being good stewards, uh-huh. living up to your responsibilities, captains. <laughs> yep. And also, um, to help the environment, if you want to help the environment, um, also do not litter. Do that's not it. litter. You know, that's why we have to do the beach cleanups. That's yeah. right. So stop littering, guys. You know what? You're exactly right. We do it because people are littering. That's right. And nope. on that note, thank you for listening to Port and Stuff on the Giggles Live Radio Network. Don't litter. And if you see other people littering, pick up their stuff and tell them to stop littering. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Port <laughs> yeah. and Stuff on behalf of Stephen Gama and Tommy McLean. I'm Tom McLean. Have a good day.